Hello, and welcome to Foul Puck, a podcast about sports ball for the rest of us. Unlike other sports podcasts, we talk about sports without assuming you out there in listener land know everything there is to know about slippery balls and the Commissioner's Cup. It is unrelated currently... items, I'd like to say, just for the record. Those are unrelated. I, I, mean, I don't know. I, I assume you're going to tell me about them. But it would depend I, on the I, size I... of the Commissioner's Cup, I would think, but... I don't. I don't actually know. Perhaps which all commissioner the, we're talking about? All the lesbians in the WNBA just shuddered. <laughs> Fair. I, I'm pretty sure many of the straight women listening to us also did. Uh, so today's August 16th. I'm Rebecca. I'm your hockey person, and we are in the only month of this calendar year where there is no hockey. <gasps> I know it's weird. Um, and I'm joined by Nancy on the beach. Hello. Not and really. And Rachel. I'm, it's virtual. Oh, go ahead. <laughs> Pretend well, beach. But the waves are very nice. Pretend beach. Yeah. And Rachel, who's got some butts on her screen. Yep. Baseball butt. Oh, Hashtag camera's butts. not poking, picking up my hands, so I can't. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we can Jeez, move on. <laughs> We are, we are fresh out of the Olympics. I personally feel a void in my life. Yeah, it's I weird. about you all? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm still watching stuff um, online, but... Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've been catching same. up on a few things I missed, but yeah, it's yeah. it's strange. Yeah, I watched the uh, technical program of the um, synchronized swimming. Oh, cool. It, I know we talked about this before, but I'm always amazed at how much time they spend underwater. Oh my yeah. goodness. And how how high they can throw each other out of the water. Yes. Mm -hmm. Without touching the ground. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I was Um, watching, I was watching the synchronized swimming and also the water polo. And I was just like, the amount of time they spend continually moving in water mm -hmm. polo, right? Because like, you're either treading water, or you're chasing each other, or you're throwing a ball. And I'm like, do you just like, how many calories do you have to eat a day? To sustain, like, to stay alive and play water polo. Many, many thousands. Like, <laughs> I can't even wrap my brain around it, you know? Yeah, yeah and they make it yeah. look so easy. So I know, they're, like, think, not even out so, of breath. Yeah, it's tempting to think that they're just, like, floating there, but... Yeah, no. Not, nope. Nope. No. So in direct contrast to an activity where everybody's moving constantly... <laughs> Rachel, why don't you tell us something about baseball? <laughs> <laughs> nice. Ah, uh, yeah, one. the good old baseball. Okay. <laughs> so I have been holding on to this for a while because it was preempted by the Olympics, which is fine. Um, this is the slippery ball piece, right? That's what you've been holding on to? Yes, I've been attempting to hold on to the slippery balls for several months now. Um, we are children. <laughs> we really are. <laughs> Who lets us do this? that's the beauty of it we do (laughs) okay anyway so the longer i was preparing for this the more titles i gave it so i've ended up with hashtag sticky stuff redux colon the great de-stickening colon revenge of the spider tack i love you so much (laughs) okay so if you'll remember back to episode 11 which we definitely don't we talked about hashtag sticky stuff. Oh my God, 11? Yes. Can anyone remember what we were talking about when we talked about hashtag sticky stuff? Because I don't. 
There was, it a, was there was a hockey. scandal, wasn't it? No, no, it was baseball. Was it? Yeah, it was okay. it about it was somebody got like reprimanded because they were putting something on the ball that made it extra sticky, but it wasn't like allowed. It wasn't permitted by the league. No, that's are you this sure that's stuff. this thing? Yeah, the, shit. <laughs> well, well, no, I, 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 none of us can I, remember, and I don't listen to this show. So it's like fucking January or something. Come on, yo. I don't listen to this show. It's it's not my thing. What can I say? Okay. <laughs> I don't. I don't really care for sports. <laughs> <laughs> Humor is dead. Okay, so whatever that was about, we now must revisit hashtag sticky stuff. I'm going right. to go listen to it. I, I, think I need hockey. to just, I'm going to go look it up. What the, <laughs> I what tried. The hell were, were, what have we been talking I about? I not any information in my notes on it. Anyway, so so what are, what are we talking about here? Okay, so detailed data about baseball pitches shows that in addition to velocity or speed, Spin rates are up a crazy amount, as mm. are strikeouts. Why? Hashtag sticky stuff. All right, so there is on the books a no foreign substances rule that's been around forever. It just hasn't really been enforced. And there is something to this, because as... I'll give some context to the slippery ball conversation. <clears throat> baseballs do come out of the factory Please do. too shiny and slick. Uh, this has been a, a known problem for a while. <laughs> All right. We want to, we want to laugh about that a little while longer. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, we do. Go okay. on. Yeah. You had to know what you were getting into talking about slippery and sticky well, balls, right? Most of my preparation had been sticky. And now that I'm, I'm presented with all this slipperiness. Shininess. I'm just digging the hole deeper. Anyway. Factory freshness. of digging holes deeper. On the New Jersey side of the Delaware River sits some fancy mud. Everything's legal in Jersey. <laughs> that uh, Rebecca pointed me to, and I'd seen this a while ago, a, a, an episode of the show Dirty Jobs from years and years ago, where um, Micro digs uh, baseball rubbing mud from this very specific riverbank in New Jersey, which, yes, is a thing, is still a thing. Uh, this guy, I don't know if he owns the land or, or what, but he sells the mud every year to the MLB. He sells like a thousand pounds of it. And indeed, uh, before every game, umps or clubhouse attendants will rub about six dozen new balls with this mud. Um, <laughs> so, and this is in the rule book. Uh, MLB rule 4.01C says all baseballs shall be, quote, properly rubbed so that the gloss is removed, unquote. I want to be properly rubbed so my gloss is removed. That sounds nice. Like a massage or something. <laughs> okay, well, we'll get you some baseball rubbing mud. And we'll just shellac you down before everything. I mean, I feel like that. this is something rich people pay for. Like, right? <laughs> yes, it's called a mud bath. Yeah. Yep. These baseballs, man, they're getting the treatment. Or or it's like that, uh, like the Aztec clay you can put on your face. Mm-hmm. Or Aztec the Dead Sea clay? mud. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's a whole thing. Okay. I have some in my closet. I have soap. I use soap. <laughs> oh, but it's like a mask. It's like a mud mask. Okay. Anyway. Anyway. So, slippery balls, a legitimate problem. And so pitchers are, in fact, permitted to have a rosin bag on the mound. You'll see this if you watch any game 
Uh, sometimes they'll they'll pick up the bag to soak up the sweat on their hand as develops during a game. Well, uh, some pitchers think this isn't enough. Um, in fact, a large percentage of pitchers have uh, used other substances to make their grip even stickier. So in addition to uh, the rosin bag, sunscreen is a common one because they a lot of them have to wear sunscreen anyway. And they'll sometimes keep it on their arm and uh, sometimes mix in little bits of the rosin to try to make up something to put on their arm, to put on their hand when they hold the ball. Uh, there's also pine tar, which is sometimes used as part of the game anyway to help uh, batters hold on to bats. As is something... That's like maple syrup, right? Yeah, but like, grosser. Like, brown. It's stickier. It's more like sargum, isn't it? It's, it's like icky molasses. You'll see it on yeah. some batter's helmets and even on and on bats. So batters are allowed to have something to grip onto the bat. Uh, so, yes. I have a question. Um, so rosin, I mean, this is like the same stuff that like string instrument players use, mm-hmm. right? Like yeah. this is a well-known natural substance that you use to, to get grips on things. I'm curious, you know, we see in a lot of other sports that people use chalk, right, mm-hmm. to like dry up any sweat on their hands to provide some 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 grip on things but it sounds like for baseball it's not just well it's that they want to take it a step further chalk isn't really for grip though it's for like smooth motion like it does absorb Mm -hmm. uh, moisture but it provides more slip than grip i think Mm. as far as i've never heard of anybody using chalk Um, right i'm just wondering yeah so confirming that yes so it's they want, they want more of a grip than chalk would provide. Yes. Okay. More grip than slip. So those are some of the, the more <laughs> common ones. And uh, what you're starting to see now is something called spider tack, which was, an, which was originally created to help grip stones in strongman competitions. Huh. Yeah. So it's, it's pretty sticky. And so uh, pitchers will use these items hidden in their caps, uh, their gloves, their belt. Um, if you sit, saw there's a Bob's Burgers episode um, a couple seasons ago where um, the, the guy kept coming into the burger restaurant because he wanted burger grease to, uh, <laughs> to put on the baseball. Not exactly helping with grip, but to make it slipperier. Mm-hmm. Okay, so this has has been going on for a while. So the no foreign substances rule has been in effect, but it's, like I said, just not enforced. And it's been kind of an open secret that pitchers use these things. And it's been, they've let it slide because uh, better command on the baseball, a stickier grip on the baseball equals better pitching and fewer hit batters. And with the velocity Mm -hmm. rising and rising and rising, this has become even more important. But recently, apparently, it started to get out of hand. Like, I heard some uh, fielders were complaining that the balls, when they would catch them, would actually stick in their glove and, like, make a ripping sound when they go to pull it out. Oh, wow. Yeah. Damn. And in the past, nobody's, no teams have been accusing each other because everyone does it. Um, Some experts guess about 75% of the league uses something, and about one-third uses the quote-unquote hard stuff, which is the, um, like, the firm grip (laughs) for batters and for the uh, the spider tack though it's obviously hard to get real you know firm numbers on that okay hard to get a grip on it yep thanks nancy oh (laughs) 
So, okay, so why... I mean, we were, we were kind of dancing all around that. Somebody had to do it. It's true. Had all to right. just slip it in there. So I hear you asking, why is this becoming an issue now? Well... Yes, Rachel, uh, why is this becoming an issue now? <laughs> Thank you. Rachel, um, why is this becoming an issue now? Okay, more than one is, is just overdoing it. <laughs> okay, yeah, so we'll a source that I used for there. this article, uh, a source I used for this piece, um, an article by Travis Sawchick for The Score, who said this, More spin means more Magnus effect, which is the invisible force governing most pitch movement. More spin results in breaking pitches that break harder, and fastballs that defy gravity just a little longer. That means weaker contact and more strikeouts. With the power of sticky stuff now quantified in hard data, it's only incentivized major league pitchers to experiment. Spin rates and strikeouts are on the rise to record levels nearly every season. Batters are flirting with a historically low average this season. One could argue the greatest way for MLB to reduce strikeout rates and get more balls in play is to enforce its own rulebook and crack down on pitchers using foreign substances. So like we've talked about before, strikeouts are up, pitch velocity is way up, and that's been something the league has been contending with for the past few seasons. How do we get more hits, essentially, in the arms race between batters because and Because that makes the game more exciting, mm-hmm. to have more hits, more balls in play, but it's fewer directly opposite to what the pitcher's goal is. Yes. Okay, so... Which sounds very, very similar to the conversations going on in hockey. Hmm. Everybody, everybody but the goalies want more goals. Oh, right. yeah. Yeah, I imagine there's some something similar in most sports. So before the start of this season, uh, MLB issued a preseason warning saying they were going to be cracking down, but they didn't do it immediately. They spent about the first two months of the oh. season collecting evidence. Mm. So, what? Yeah, April and I, May. Is this like CSI baseball? <laughs> well, I mean, they there was no, I guess, official data on the extent of the problem. Yeah, but you can't say you're going to enforce a rule and then not enforce it. Well, I mean, well, clearly you can't. I mean, the fuck do I, I guess the argument would be kind of giving you a grace period. Like, okay, we're, we're going to do this. You know, is the grace period is the off season. I'm not sure exactly when. They just said preseason. I don't know if it was like right before the opening or if it was before uh, spring training. It just feels like one of those things where like you gather the data over one season and then you start yes. enforcing the rule the next well, season. Well, I mean, again, this is yes. the MLB. They're going to do things in the most ass way possible. Fair. Okay, so some reactions to... I thought that was just the NHL, so I'm glad to know it's both I think it's probably just about every major professional sports league. Run by men. What? (laughs) Okay, so some reactions Uh, around the league. Some of the women's leagues can can have some of this, too. I mean, let's, let's not let everybody off the hook there. I'm prepared to let women off the hook until they get to be in charge of everything for like 150 years. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, sorry, baseball, Rachel. So some reactions around the league. So uh, the Twins third baseman, Josh Donaldson, simply had to say, stop cheating. However, Dallas Braden, who's a former A's pitcher, now one of their commentators, um, said essentially, you know there's a difference between sunscreen or pine tar and stuff engineered in a lab. No precedent of enforcement has been the precedent, and it's been enforced inconsistently. Um, and just watching the broadcast, Braden's been very vocal that it's a tool of the trade just like batters use to grip bats. However, it is expressly forbidden by the rules, whereas stuff to grip the bats is not. 
Um, and then as uh, Rebecca, I believe you pointed out to me, uh, Tyler Glasnow, who was a, was a pitcher for the Rays, had a season-ending in, season injury after the ban and blamed specifically the lack of sticky stuff being enforced mid-season for changing his throw and causing right. injury. So his point was that this should have been implemented, um, like you were saying, Nancy, preseason, even before, like at the end of one season, say at mm-hmm. the beginning of the next season, we are going to strictly mm-hmm. enforce that so that mm-hmm. over that offseason, pitchers could work on their grips and not have to try to figure out a new grip, figure out how to throw the ball as fast Too and as well as in. they were with right. suddenly not having the stuff to work with. And I believe he admitted yeah, to his... using um, rosin and sunscreen, not any lab-created <clears throat> stuff. His interview was really good. Mm-hmm. Like, I I don't watch a lot of sports interviews, and, and partly that's... I think a function of hockey because every interview is exactly the same. I mean, most of like, them are in baseball they're... too. Okay. This guy just um, happened to be really good at making. Yeah. Things. He was so good. I mean, it was like a two and a half minute um, answer to the question or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I watched the whole thing. He was so well-spoken and it was, it was kind of illuminating listening to his position on it. Yeah. So if you want to look at, I'm sure it's on YouTube, uh, Tyler Glasnow of the Rays being asked about the sticky stuff controversy. Okay, so if you wanted to increase spin rate on a baseball, there's only two ways to do that. Uh, Throwing it harder, greater speed, that is, and sticky stuff. So if the MLB average spin rate were increasing solely because of velocity, you'd expect a stable ratio of spin rate to speed. That is, rotations per minute to miles per hour. However, they found that the ratio has indeed been rising. And some people kind of point to the start of this and point to uh, currently disgraced Dodger pitcher Trevor Bauer, who we haven't mentioned this, but he has been recently accused of sexual assault and is suspended currently pending investigation. He gave an interview where he complained about other pitchers using sticky stuff. And then the next, the very next season, his uh, spin rate increased dramatically, and he stopped mm. talking about complaining about other pitchers using sticky mm. stuff. Yeah, hmm. so weird. Uh, Yankee so pitcher Garrett Cole's fingers have uh, visibly stuck to his hat during <laughs> broadcasts. Uh, his perform- his performance has also improved dramatically between seasons. Um, Astros Justin Verlander also has greatly improved spin rate and. Uh, these pictures all come from teams that we hate. Gee, I, I wonder why. <laughs> so, and they're all like none of them are particularly young, right? No, they've or been around they? for a few. I mean, these are all pitchers that have kind of established their pitching style, and then right. it's been observed that they had a dramatically increased spin rate starting at yeah, a certain that's, point. That's what makes it stick out to me even more because, mm-hmm. like, some some young players could theoretically use an off season. To, like, really change their style. But yeah. it seems so unlikely with an older player. Yeah. So, according to official data, the slider spin rate went from 21 rotations per minute in 2015 to 24.50 now. Curve balls from 2,300 to 2,550. Um, some low spin pitches, like sinkers and change-ups, may actually benefit from hashtag slippery stuff. Uh, <laughs> like sunscreen without the rosin Vaseline. So that's another issue that we touched on briefly. But in general... Sticky stuff is what we're looking at here. Though those other things are uh, just as illegal as sticky stuff. Hmm. Because it's a foreign substance. Yes. Yes. 
Um, so uh, the score in that article that I talked about did an actual experiment with those five common substances and compared the ratio of velocity to, velocity to spin. So they did this with both a fastball and a breaking ball, which is... Uh, do you know what I mean when I say breaking ball? A ball that, that moves, like a, no. a curveball or a slider or something that moves in the air. So fastball okay. is just essentially throwing it straight ahead. There are some variations, mm -hmm. but throwing it straight ahead as hard as you can. Um, and for that, the speed is what you're what you're aiming for. Um, for a breaking ball, you're trying to make the ball move in in using spin uh, through the air in some way. Okay. So the so the batter thinks it's going one place yes. and it ends up. In yeah, it, it either looks good and then goes out of the the strike zone at the last minute, so the batter swings and misses, or it looks like it's going to be a ball and then all of a sudden dives into the strike zone to be a strike. Okay, so uh, for a fastball, baseline ratio of uh, velocity to spin rate was 24.1. So that's a baseball with nothing on it. Rosin brought that up to a 25.3. Interestingly, the common mix of sunscreen and rosin uh, actually lowered it to 23.2. And, I mean, this, this, I should say, you know, I'm reporting hard data here, but this says the pitcher made between two and five throws for each type of pitch with each substance. So this isn't a huge data uh, set right. to look at. So we should be careful about drawing conclusions. But, I mean, th this was the well, one actual right. experiment that I could find that someone right. conducted. Okay. So pine tar brought it up a little bit to 24.5. Firm Grip brought it up to 27.5, and Spider Tack brought it all the way up to 29.9. Wow. Yeah. Jeez. And so for a breaking ball, the baseline was 27.5 was the ratio. Um, Rosin took it up to 28.5. Uh, the sunscreen mix uh, was a little better at 28 even. Uh, pine Tar brought it up to 30.5. Firm Grip to 33.6, and that was actually the highest. And Spider Tack to 33.2. So there is, I didn't, you know, and the article didn't break wow. down, um, you know, standard deviations or anything, but you can see the firm grip and the spider tack had substantial uh, effects on spin rate above the other yeah. things that were kind of, that did have an effect, but not a very pronounced one. Right. Okay, so mm -hmm. the new enforcement of the rules has said that all pitchers must be checked when coming off the field. And any foreign substance will result in an automatic 10-game suspension and investigation. And this is why we saw that one guy drop trow on live TV. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, what? Nope. <laughs> so, uh, so uh, an A's pitcher named Sergio Romo. So the, the checking when they're coming off the field has been another part of the enforcement that's been kind of weird. Because first of all, if yeah. you're catching them after they're doing it, they've already done it. Like, what are you going right. to do? Negate the results that just happened? No, you're not. No. So I don't know if they're thinking that player pitchers could put it on their hands once they get out to the. I don't know what the the logic behind. I mean that that, is. that was my thought. Yeah. Like you're not going to have the sticky stuff on your hands when you go out there. It's hidden in your your hair. Yeah, your and I mean they do whatever. check. They check hat, belts, and glove at the very least. So when you go on, no, when you come off. Oh, when you and come so off. the problem is, you know, when you come off and you've done very well, fair enough, they check you. But if you go in and you suck real hard for, like, an inning, and then you come off and they want to check your stuff, pitchers have found this insulting. What Nancy's alluding to is a very interesting incident where Sergio Romo, after coming in and giving up several runs, 
was checked mm-hmm. going off the field. And he, mm-hmm. he made an expression that very eloquently communicated, you think I came out here and cheated in order to pitch like that? Mm-hmm. And <laughs> threw down his glove mm-hmm. and his hat, unbuckled his belt and tugged down his pants as if to say, you want to check here too? And then pulled them back up. And uh, in a move that surprised me, he did not face any consequences for it. The ump was just kind of like, yeah, I know. What are you going to do? He wow. was not, yeah. And, you know, I can understand his frustration. And he did not actually flash the camera. <laughs> like, his, right. his shirt was tucked into his pants. So you saw more of his shirt, not, you know, mm-hmm. his slippery balls. We, we could yeah. not answer the boxers or briefs question. Yes, or his uh, wow. championship cup. Nope. Uh, okay. So, as the change was implemented on June 20th, and since then, and I admit these statistics are a little outdated because I did the research for this before our Olympic stuff, but 200 uh, pitchers, 204 pitchers, or 54%, have seen a significantly, statistically significant spin rate drop. Mm -hmm. Um, And 145 pitchers, or 38% of the total, have had a drop of at least one standard deviation. Hmm. Um, which is at least 115 rotations per minute or uh, 1.1 uh, RPM to MPH, that the ratio bit. And, wow. and in fact, 63 pitchers or 17% of the total dropped at least two standard deviations. And wow. the person that broke down this data said you would expect about a 3% uh, deviation in a random sample. Hmm. Uh, or 3% to be at least two standard deviations down in a random sample. And it was 17%? Yes. Yeah, so that's not quite so random. Yes. Um, but it's still not quite as much as some people expected. Hmm. So mm-hmm. the question is, were the experts overestimating the number of people who actually use it? Or are there still pitchers finding a way to sneak stuff in? Um, mm-hmm. At least one article I read Possibly talked about both. the fact that nobody checks catchers <laughs> or the oh. ball. Oh. So, you know, catcher catches the ball, swipes something throws on it, throws it back. back to the pitcher. Uh-huh. You know, so so I don't know how often that's happening. Ooh. And, and that couldn't not... last very long, though, because they change the balls all the time. That is true. Uh, they do change it pretty frequently, but it, it goes usually goes to the catcher before it goes back to the pitcher. I guess that's true. It's not like the ump throws it to the pitcher himself. Yeah, usually not. The ump usually pulls it out of his pocket, tosses it to the yeah. catcher. Yeah, that's true. Who then puts sticky stuff on it and then tosses it to the... <laughs> yeah. Uh, Allegedly. Yes. Perhaps. <laughs> uh, I don't want to name... I don't have any names to name right now. I'll say that. And I would absolutely <laughs> name them if I had them. So there is that. Oh, yeah. Okay. So, however, as of the time this data was collected, there has not been a huge change in the strikeout rates yet. Uh, so why hmm. might that be? Uh, velocity is up, so pitchers might be throwing harder to compensate. Um, mm-hmm. It's possible weather has been responsible um, pitchers may have been switching pitches and instead of throwing uh, four seamer fastballs to two seamers or other different kinds of in-game adjustments, velocity, pitch placement, pitch mix, etc. Uh, or spin rate is down, but various kinds of statistical noise are preventing us from parsing the actual effects of the ban. So it's very hard to actually filter out other variables uh, in actual game situations to be able to say mm-hmm. what's affecting strikeout rates. Especially in this short a period of time. Yeah. Yeah, this had only been, you know, about a month in effect when I looked at this data. And I should look at new mm-hmm, stuff, too. Right. Uh, so that's kind of where we're at now. Um, when when did the baseball season start? Uh, it started in April. Mm-hmm. So April and May, so, they collected data. 
And in okay. June, okay. they started enforcing the ban. Okay. Did they let people know in advance when they were going to start enforcing it? I or was it like, hey, it's today? Don't know. They definitely let them know during okay. the preseason that it would be enforced this season. I don't know any more specifics right. other than that. Okay. Okay. Um, so, I mean, my personal take is that stuff like uh, rosin and sunscreen uh, and or pine tar should be allowed for the rest of the season since that's stuff that's already in the game. You know, I thought it was interesting. Some particular, particularly pale pitchers, because sunscreen is banned now. Yeah. Oh, uh, you're not oh. like entirely? Well, I mean, if it's already rubbed into your skin when you come out on the ma- mound, it should be fine. Okay. But... But you can't reapply. Yes, and you can't... I mean, what pitchers would do would apply a whole bunch of it to their arms. Yeah. And then get the rosin on their arm and kind of make the mixture on their arm and keep swiping Mm -hmm. it every time they they threw a new pitch. Mm So while there is a difference, a noticeable difference between somebody who's using sunscreen to block the sun and somebody who's using sunscreen to Mm -hmm. create sticky stuff, Pitchers were so afraid of the ban that some of the paler ones were like, um, excuse me, <laughs> I'm not allowed to use sunscreen. Um, mm-hmm. I will oh, roast. God. And as a person, <laughs> as a white person who does burn, <laughs> I, mm-hmm. I thoroughly understand this. So I would be fine with continuing to use rosin and sunscreen and even pine tar, especially for the rest of the season. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And then checking before going on the mound, not after or during it both times. But honestly, I think before is the better choice. Yeah. Nancy? So a complaint I had seen, and you you touched on this a little bit, but if you look into this further, I'd be interested to hear more. Wait, I'm sorry. I need to pause. Just because Rachel started to look behind her, <laughs> but she has a, she has a Zoom background of, <laughs> of uh, I think, somebody tagging someone out. But our view is of the butt of the person <laughs> doing the tagging. And so as she turned, it really just looked like you're sticking your face Directly in his butt. Yep. Uh, this is not a visual medium, so you're just going to have to imagine that. Sorry. Please. Nancy. What are the complaints you've heard? Imagine that, friends. Of Zoom. Yeah, everybody who needs to imagine that, just pause for a moment. We'll, oh. give, we'll give you a second. Here's a marker. Uh, so one of the complaints I'd seen was from batters who were mm-hmm. saying, we're getting hit with the ball more and it sucks. Yeah. Um, And I'm just curious, you know, if there's any actual statistical evidence of a notable rise in, you know, batters or catchers even getting hit since this is being enforced. And if so, if you think that'll affect any of the protocols. I mean, I don't know. I I don't have any data on it right now. It would certainly be Mm -hmm. interesting to see. And again, I think I mentioned it you know, that's part of the reason why nobody has, why batters haven't complained too much. Right. Up until now. Yeah, because, totally. You know, better control means they get hit with pitches less often. Right. Um, so that would be an interesting statistic to look at whether uh, hit mm-hmm. batters are up. I know I'd a game also... I was watching, uh, was that the, I think it was the Rangers game the other day where the pitcher threw the wildest pitch I have ever seen, like almost off screen to the top left of the of the <laughs> the camera picture wow. yeah it was wow. it was pretty nuts so i don't know if that's up or not i would also be interested you know in light of what what's his name tyler was saying yes. if there's been a rash of pitcher injuries mm-hmm. um or if there will be in the coming months you right. know like 
if we look back at this season and we can then after the season is over see that starting in June there was a rash of pitcher injuries that seemed to result from them throw you know changing their pitches midseason mm-hmm. or throwing harder to compensate or whatever I'm just curious yeah. to see how those two things play out yeah definitely and I think after the season's done I think you'll see a lot of of Sports writers, baseball writers who have to find something to write about in the offseason, breaking down <laughs> what exactly happened this season. Uh-huh. So this is I a think you're story... probably exactly right. <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. This is a story still in progress, and I will update you as things go on, but I just wanted to explain the hashtag sticky stuff controversy for anyone who is wondering. I appreciate it, because I definitely, I mean, when it started, when it started being a thing, I read a few different pieces on it but it was you know like usually in sports controversies like it's relatively you you know a sort of single position will coalesce relatively quickly Mm -hmm. you know among people talking about it but this one really felt like it was all over the map like i really i felt like i saw players saying it's against the fucking rules like of course they should enforce this and then i saw players saying this is stupid. We allow it for batters. Why wouldn't we allow it for pitchers? And then we saw, I saw people say, you know, like this is going to lead to injuries across the board. Why are we caring about this? This is stupid. You know, and it, it, and it didn't seem like there was any consensus. Yeah. yeah, At all, even among, you know, sports writers or or anything like that. So I thought that was really interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We'll see where this goes. Yeah, I I think you're right. I think we're I think we're probably not going to get a consensus either because mm-hmm. the pitchers are going to be un, uh, you know quote unquote universally for the sticky stuff and mm-hmm. but also if you well, don't, don't use know. it you right know? then you might prefer nobody else use it too yeah 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 although this this brings up something that we don't need to digress into right now <laughs> but it makes me think about like. Um, Parts of the parts of the uniform and equipment of sports that have to be modified in order to play the sport, mm. right? Like your baseball, they have they have tape around the the um, place the where you hold handle. the bat, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, and they put the sticky stuff on the ball in order to be able to throw it better. Mm-hmm. Um, hockey, you put tape on your stick mm-hmm. to increase friction with the puck. They also, they're, they're stupid, dumb socks that go over, like, their <laughs> their shin pads. Oh, yeah. They have to tape those up. I hate that game. so much. Why that is just that? so dumb. Because to keep them from too, sliding like, down. They, yeah, they have to be big enough to go over the pads. Uh-huh. But that means they're not, like, they stretch out or they're too stretchy or whatever. So if you don't tape them up, they're going to fall down. And I'm just like... Can't we find some like technology that makes us able to? This feels like a solvable the... problem. <laughs> right, that's exactly it. Yeah. It feels like a yeah. solvable problem. And oh, so I didn't put this in there, but uh, the Japan leagues have actually been playing with pre-stickified, come out of the factory sticky baseballs for a little <laughs> while. So that is a potential solution. Uh huh. Yeah. Evenly sticky. Yes. Nobody gets to. And intentionally <laughs> sticky. Yes. Uh-huh. Yeah. So it just, like, there's, it seems weird to me that, like, like, I know everybody's going to have a different style of play, mm-hmm. but the fact that, like, the accoutrements of the game itself have to be modified, that mm-hmm. just, that's Right, if everybody is universally modifying the equipment in the same way, is that then a failure of the equipment rather than... Right, right. Yeah. 
Yeah. Right. But I mean, there's, there's other, I mean, it's not just sports. Like, you know, my sister danced point for many years and you can't use point shoes right out of the box. You gotta, no, you gotta break break them in in and sew things on them and get things Mm -hmm. just the way you like, scuff the bottoms. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, it's true. Yeah. It just, it feels feels odd with all of the technology that we have today. (laughs) Surely we can make, yeah, make things the way people actually use them. I don't know. You gotta break in your baseball glove too. Very, very briefly, back to the Olympics from this. Um, no, we're done with that. Do. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, NBC. <laughs> um, so one of the things that uh, came up a lot in the Olympics this year was uniforms, uh, particularly for women. Um, mm-hmm. And we had uh, the yes. Norwegian handball, women's handball team, um, really does look like she's just sniffing his butt there doesn't it that's terrific um <laughs> i'm changing my background so i no longer get made no fun don't of. you can't change it mid pod watch me it's against the anyway, rules so the norwegian women's handball team got fined for wearing bike shorts instead of wearing bikini bottoms which is mm-hmm. the, the uniform requirement the german women's gymnastic team debuted uh unitards instead of leotards so that's you know things things that have legs i mean still yeah. extremely tight and spandex and form-fitting but that don't have your butt cheeks hanging out right um which was allowed and was not a fine um but one of the conversations that was coming up a lot you know both before the olympics and and during i think was about sort of what we require athletes to wear or not wear. Um, and one of the things yeah. I saw that I really liked was actually in the track, the women's track, there was one race I was watching, I want to say it was the 10 kilometer. And all four, um, the three medalists and the the woman who came in fourth and was like right behind the top three, were all wearing different iterations of the uniform. And I really liked that. Because you had like, one woman in, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, not like a loose t-shirt, but like a, a reasonably right. loose t-shirt. Not and spandex. Not spandex and like reasonably loose shorts. You had another woman in sort of like long-ish swim bottoms and a form-fitting tank top. And then you had a third woman running in basically a sports bra and bikini bottoms. And I really appreciated mm-hmm. like that obvious visual of them getting to make that choice of, I assume, I assume yes. their coaches did not decide this or whatever, but like clearly there was a range of acceptable wear for this event and people felt the freedom to pick among that range of acceptable yes. wear. So, so I feel like there is a little, you know, like we're getting some incremental change there and that, that made me happy. So, yeah. Just yeah, speaking of equipment variations. Yeah. yeah. I no, I, I mean, well, and, and it, it really highlights the point when you look at men's and women's volleyball, for example. Mm-hmm. Right. I'm sorry. You cannot even beach pretend volleyball. to argue. Yeah. I just want to say, yeah. I mean, really either. But yes, beach volleyball. No, you the, can't the pretend women's to volleyball me... wears like shirts yeah. and shorts. I know. I know. But they're like, well, it, anyway. <laughs> Um, you can't pretend to tell me that like wearing a bikini bottom is somehow more advantageous than wearing shorts, because if it was, the mm-hmm. men would not be wearing shorts. Yeah. yeah. It's just, yeah, it's, it's absurd to me when you see those 
gendered differences in what people are required or allowed to wear. So I agree with you, Nancy. It was really cool to see that variation in the women's events. The thing I always think when I see the women beach volleyball players is that, like, I'm 5'10". At least one of the beach volleyball, American beach volleyball players is like 6'3". So that's an additional Mm -hmm. basically half foot taller than I am. Mm -hmm. It takes so much sunscreen to cover my legs (laughs) when I go outside in a swimsuit. I'm like, how much sunscreen does this woman go through? How long does it take her to do her entire legs? Because it takes me a fucking while. And she's got five inches more, you know, acreage. Yeah, I mean, they all have some pretty, pretty dark tans, most of them anyway. Yeah. Um, But still, they've got to be using uh, something or they'd be Nordic countries that. Yeah. 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 You know, the thing that I think of is not even the sand. I, I would be constantly afraid a boob was going to pop out. <laughs> well, most but of yeah, them don't really have yeah, any. Yeah, they so. don't. Really. I know. I would I be know. more afraid just... of the of the butt cheek. And like, yeah, you know, they dive a lot. And I don't yeah, know. They do. don't seem like there's a whole lot holding up the, the bottoms. But no, there is do. I was laughing anyway. about that with the divers, actually, because the men... The men's diving How do those teams, things and stay on? So if you look, though, you'll notice that like the elastic at the tops of those are so tight that it cuts into them, even Ooh. though they've got like not a single ounce of body fat on right. them. Because those little banana hammocks are like, you know, the equivalent of a stretched out headband, you yeah. know, but... <laughs> But they stay in place when they, they do sure five do. flips and, they have, and hit the water. They now have the camera that goes underwater. Oh yeah, they so, do. So you know, if they were getting upside down pantsed every time they dove off the ten meter platform, we'd see it. We'd know about yeah. it. Yeah. Yep. Upside down pants. Yep. <laughs> if the water was pantsing them. Yeah. Yep. So, but yeah, they've got that strong elastic. So I have to assume that's what's in the beach. You know, like the beach volleyball team also has, has like some similar. pretty serious. Yeah. Elastic in there. So I'd like to steer us away from the downtown region (laughs) and uh, see if we can talk about the WNBA, Nancy. (laughs) We've we've spent a fair amount of this episode downtown. Yeah, that's fair. (laughs) That's fair. That's fair. Uh, Okay, so, so, uh, yeah. So I wanted to talk about the Commissioner's Cup, which is a thing that just happened um last friday something like that recently in the last week and it was the first time the wnba has done this so it was the very first the inaugural commissioner's cup yes i ordered a hat uh because <laughs> it's the first time Naturally. and i'm a sucker and they immediately sent me an email do you want to order this hat and i was like yes yes i do <laughs> just take my credit um, card number and just send me one of everything Right. I mean, it's the Seattle Storm. Like, I'm proud of them for being on their merch game. And they're the team that I root for anyway. So like, Mm -hmm. yes, I will buy your Commissioner's Cup champion hat. Uh, So the Seattle Storm. uh, So the Commissioner's Cup is an in-season competition. If you remember when we talked about the Women's Soccer League last year, they had the Challenge Cup. Um, And this year they had the Challenge Cup sort of happening right before the season or like the beginning of the season. The Commissioner's Cup was in the middle of the season. And the way they set it up was that um, each team played a certain number of 
you know, regular season games that were designated as Commissioner's Cup games. So oh. it was like ratings within rankings within rankings. Oh, so like weird. you're playing all of your normal regular season games and every so often you'll play one that counts toward your Commissioner's Cup rankings, right? Hmm. So you try and harder it, that day? Yeah, basically. Um, so it was East and West, Eastern Conference versus Western Conference. And then at the by the date of the Commissioner's Cup, um, then, you know, the the highest ranked team in the East versus the highest ranked team in the West played each other. And one of the big things was there's a cash prize. So each player on the team could earn up to an additional $30,000 uh, oh, for the winning team. And the, the second place team, I, I want to say it was each player could earn up to $5,000, like basically depending on how well you do in the, in the game. So there was decent incentive to mm-hmm. win these games, first of all, and get to the final. And then second of all, to win that final um, and the two teams that did it were the Seattle Storm and the uh, Connecticut... Oh, what the fuck's their name? Sun. Um, thank you, Connecticut Sun. I, all I could think was Sky, but it's the Chicago Sky. All I could Sky think was Whale. And the Connecticut Sun. <laughs> that's, Different that's sport. Hockey. Yeah. yeah. Um, so the Seattle Storm won. Uh, they won kind of by an embarrassing amount. Uh the Connecticut Sun played well, but the the Storm just really... They had three players who were freshly back from the Olympics. And by freshly back, I mean it had been like three days. Uh, wow. With their gold medals. Did they wear their medals on the court? No, they did not wear them on the court. Uh, they were asking them about the jet lag. Brianna Stewart said something, which I think she said, it's not real. <laughs> like... And given how she played, apparently, yes, Brianna Stewart just does not believe in jet lag. That's just not real for her. Um, It was really interesting to see. I liked it a lot. Um, They had a good crowd, I think. My main complaint was that it was on Amazon Prime, and I had a hard time finding it. And I I Yes, you uh, sent off some frustrated tweets. I remember Mm. seeing those. I did send off some frustrated tweets um, to the effect of, this is... You know, the one other than the finals, the main fucking thing of your season, put it on yeah. actual fucking TV, not on Prime streaming. Uh, which also, I stand some by, of us don't but also give I think Jeff Prime is our money, so get it off Amazon. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, but I think Amazon, you know, provided the yeah. prize pot, so yeah. that's yeah. how that works. Um, um, Nancy, does does women's basketball have an all star? Weekend, an all-star game? Oh, they do. Mm-hmm. Okay. I didn't I know if so. this I didn't know if this was like functioned in place of that, but that's cool. I don't think so. Um I think we had the all-star game already. I'm trying to remember. Okay. Um yeah, it was in July. Okay. Yeah, that's right. It was a whole thing because they named the it was different this year. They named the Olympic, the USA women's basketball team. Mm-hmm. And then they named the all-star oh. team and then they played each other oh 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 that's wow. fun yeah <laughs> who right? won do you remember yeah. i don't remember because i wasn't okay. watching it. that's It'd be funny if it was the uh the, the all-star we team vacation. one because we like 
Yeah, I we only sent our have. second best people to the Olympics, yeah. and they still got gold. Well, there was some big controversy about who got named yeah. uh, to the to the all to the Olympic team versus who got named to the All Star team, and I think the All Star team did they win. They did ninety three <laughs> to eighty five. Wow. Yep. So there you go. Yep, there were there were some feelings about that. Yeah. So now the All Star um, team is like, dude, we could have won double gold. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, so this is the thing, right? So the WNBA is literally the hardest North American sports league to get into statistically, oh. uh, because it's it has the smallest number of teams mm. versus number of people, you know, who could qualify potentially. So. I read a whole thing of stats on it. I can't remember if we talked about it on a pod or if I just meant to talk about it on a pod. But like, if you are a college baseball player, you have about a 10% chance of being selected to join the MLB, you know, whether that's majors or Yeah, minors. I believe like, that because the minor league system is so big. It's yeah. huge, right? If you're a football player, a college football player, you have about, uh, I want to say, 6% chance of being selected to go to uh, the NFL. NBA, it's, I want to say, more like 3%. WNBA is less than 1%. Holy cow. Wow. Yeah. So less than 1% of the qualifying top-end women's college players in any given year will be selected for the only professional league in America, Um, which means the WNBA really is the best of the best. And it thus means the U.S. women's basketball team is also the best of the best, right? And could very easily send two or three teams that Mm -hmm. would take one, two, three, you know? So... So expansion teams, we need some expansion teams Yeah, <laughs> where I'm going with that. And it's also part of why so many uh, women basketball players play for other countries. Mm. Um, which brings me to Brianna Stewart, who is uh, who was the MVP of the uh, Commissioner's Cup. She cracks me up. She's very funny. She's on the Seattle Storm. Um, and she's just, I, I just adore her because she's just like, you know, so you have Sue Bird on the Seattle Storm, who's pretty and funny and smart and the goat. And you have Brianna Stewart, who's just kind of a little bit of an awkward turtle. And I kind of <laughs> love her for it. Um, but she's also a freaking powerhouse who is going to need uh, a room for her trophies as large as Sue Bird's. Because in the last 10 months, she has won WNBA Finals MVP. Euro League Final Four MVP, Russian League Finals MVP, FIBA Tokyo Olympics MVP, and Commissioner's Cup MVP. Wow. So she's literally won an MVP award every other month for the last 10 months. I wonder if it's possible to win one on every continent. Uh, well, she's got three so far. Yeah. There's no basketball in Antarctica. That we know of. There's no professional basketball in yeah. Antarctica. Maybe I bet somebody play. has played basketball in Antarctica. Yeah, I, right. I bet so too. With the penguins. With the penguins. I hope so. So I really uh, enjoyed the, um, the Commissioner's Cup and I like the idea of it. And, you know, like I, I thought it was very cool. Um. You know, I, I'm. I hope they bring it back. I think they will. 
Um, oh, and the last thing was, in addition to winning five MVPs in the last 10 months, uh, Brianna Stewart's wife had a baby on the ninth. Oh, wow. that's right. I saw those pictures. It was so cute. So cute. Yeah. So cute. <laughs> Which was making me think, and, and Rebecca, I was thinking of, of you because of this, because of sports people timing their infants. Like, I know hockey does a lot of this to, to have babies in the off season, And I was just thinking about the timing involved in, like, her being gone for the Olympics and then having that baby right after she gets mm-hmm. back. <laughs> you know, and I was thinking you couldn't, they couldn't try and time it to be done with the WNBA season because then she'll probably go back to Europe to play and it'd be better to have it while she's in America, even if the season is going, but you want to do it after the Olympics. It's just like, wow, that's, you know, at the rate that hockey families have babies, Mm -hmm. I'm not convinced there's active timing. (laughs) Oh, really? They like, there is a phenomenon in hockey where you get married or you get with your partner and you just start cranking out children immediately. They do like, have big families. It's they weird. They have big, and they are really? young when they start to have families. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So I'm not convinced they time those babies. <laughs> All right. All right. They time their weddings for sure. Okay. Uh, I think if there were more timing, there would be fewer babies. But I could, okay. be, I could be wrong. <laughs> I'll I believe be wrong. you. They're I'll just, believe you. The, the volume of babies in hockey is very high. It is wow. very high. It is I very don't know high. that it's that high in baseball. It's I not mean, that I don't high know, in basketball. I also don't know that they're counting all the girlfriends at all the different travel locations mm-hmm. around the U.S. So mm-hmm. <laughs> This is just <laughs> with partners and spouses okay. right. in hockey yeah. Yeah. that we know of. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, thank you, Nancy. I, I, that's a really cool idea. I like the, I like that idea of like giving individual games throughout the season a little bit extra Mm -hmm. importance. Like it Mm -hmm. gives even a team that's like sucking, it kind of gives them a little bit something extra to play for on Mm -hmm. those specific games. That's true. That's a, that's a fun concept. Yeah. I thought it was a a good system and and it avoided having to like tack anything on to the end or the beginning, right. which I know would be really difficult for a lot of these players. How many games does the WNBA play? Like thirty-three to thirty-six, I think, yeah. depending on on the year. Yeah, I, I like that's a that's another fun way of like getting investment and getting mm-hmm. people like jazzed about the sport. Um, mm-hmm. And you can add a game or two in there without like messing mm-hmm. the whole season or. You know, messing yep. up people's bodies, whereas in, in some of the men's sports that have just 80 blue million games, <laughs> yep. you can't do the same thing. Yep. Yeah. Well, I'm being cognizant of time, but I also want to make sure that you get your Warriors chat. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So um, so let's do let's do our, our Warriors corner. Okay. We can do the Warriors corner. Uh, it'll be brief. I don't have too much to say here. Um, there were some, I mean, we're in I the mean, it's our but... podcast, so say whatever you want. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's uh, currently Summer League, um, which is, uh, I think NHL has this. It's kind of the equivalent of baseball spring training, um, where you, you get your new pieces and you, you put them out together. It's 
usually the stars don't do summer league. It's usually just the new kids and, um, you know, people who you're trying to decide if you want them on your team or if you want them on your G League team. Um, they all go together and they do some training and they learn to play together and so on and mm-hmm. so forth. Um, so the Warriors had were able to draft this year at number seven and number 14, and they got two players, uh, Moses Moody um, and uh, Kaminga, Jonathan Kaminga. That's his, his first name. Um, I have not been paying super close attention to Summer League because I don't generally care about Summer League very much. Do they televise um, any of the games? or? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they do. Okay. Um, but the WNBA is going in. I'd rather watch that than Summer League. Um, Jonathan Kaminga is apparently real fucking good um, and has just been blowing things out in Summer League, which is exciting. I mean, it's it's still questionable how that will translate to real league, sure. um, but it's promising. Um, we talked a little bit earlier in the year about how I felt about the Warriors sort of prioritizing making things work for Steph and Draymond and Clay versus prioritizing investing in the future. Mm-hmm. Seems like they're trying to split the difference again this year, which mm. we'll see how that goes. Um, Cause mm-hmm. they've still got Wiseman and they've still, and now they've got Moody and Kaminga as well, um, who are all three, you know, promising, but also all three, young and fresh and learning. Um, However, they brought back Andre Iguodala, who is one of my very favorite players. I am delighted they brought him back. And one of the things he, two of the things he's really, really good at is he's very smart on the floor um, and he's really good at mentoring. So that makes me feel better. I'm hopeful that, you know, I mean, obviously they have developmental coaches and stuff too, but like, but that's it's different, different from to have... somebody in the locker yeah. room with you. Exactly. And somebody on the floor with you. And, yeah. you know, so I'm, I'm hopeful that that will help. Um, so I'm really excited they brought Andre back. I think this is probably going to be his last year and then he'll retire. It's possible he'll play again next year, but I think he's, he's about done. So I'm happy he's going to retire a warrior. Um, well, and, and I mean, if he's so good at that mentoring, maybe he can retire a warrior and then stay on. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's what Sean Livingston has done, who was another one of my favorites, who was great in the Warriors championship years and then, yeah, retired and now he works for them. So fingers crossed. Um, they also got a couple other guys, um, none of whom I know too much about. They got Otto Porter Jr., who's another sort of vet guy. Somebody whose name I'm going to butcher, Nemanja Bialika, some sort of Eastern European name. Um, I think those are those guys are both sort of, you know, cheap vets. So hopefully that'll be good. And then they they lost Kent Basemore, which I thought was interesting because I had heard a lot of predictions that he would stay. But I guess I think the Lakers gave him a better offer. Mm. Uh, Eric Pascal, which is fine. Um, I liked Eric Pascal, but he didn't fit well, so I'm not surprised. And mm-hmm. I think it's probably for the best for him, too, that he's not just warming the bench when he could be doing better some somewhere of, else. Some of those are, are the hardest ones for me to swallow, where I'm like, yeah. you you worked here. I love you. 
Mm-hmm. But I but I also get that this is a good move for you. Yeah. yeah. This is why it sucks being like a fan of the people who play the sport. <laughs> yeah. Because then you're like, shit, do I have to pick up a new team? This is how you end up with yeah. four teams. Don't do it. <laughs> right. Well, and, and that brings us to Kelly Oubre Jr., who I really loved um, and really liked a lot and who is also not on the Warriors anymore. I think he went to the Hornets. Um, and again, like, I thought he was underrated. Um, I thought he did better in the season than people gave him credit for. Mm-hmm. But also, it was clear that the Warriors were not going to give him what he wanted. And so mm-hmm. I certainly understand him taking the opportunity to go elsewhere. Yeah. And they got rid of Alan Smilogic, who, bless his heart, was just not going to work out. So that's fine, too. So I think they did improve. I think I think they've got better. Um, I think bringing Andrea Godala back is a tremendous move. Uh, and... I'm real happy that they didn't pick up another star because there was a lot of pressure to go get somebody who was like really um, a big name. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Somebody who, who could, you know, jump right in and make everything immediately quote unquote better. And I just don't think that's going to work. The only person who I would have been on board for that is Damian Lillard. Um, but that was, I don't think that was yeah. ever really on the table. He's too expensive, which he should be. Um, yeah. So that's fine. Yeah, I'm with you. I think sometimes it's a real big risk to bring in a big, high paid, yeah. high profile yep. name player, especially mm-hmm. yeah. if you have a chemistry that works really well. Exactly. Yeah. You know, and introducing like another you, ego into the mix can be yeah. a, an issue too. Like you, As you we want have that seen. skill. <laughs> yeah, you want that skill on the mm-hmm. field, on the court, on wherever, mm-hmm. but it does, it does int- introduce a whole new mm-hmm. level of mm-hmm. interpersonal dynamics. Yep. Yep. It really does. So I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic, you know, I mean, there's always the possibility of injury. We still have to get Clay Thompson actually back instead of mm-hmm. just talking about getting him back. Um, oh yeah. How's that going? They're really not saying much about it. I mean, in theory, he should be good to go in the fall. You know, I think they're saying he's not going to start with them in the fall, but that, like, he should be good to go at some point. So who knows? Who knows? His uh, Instagram stories continue to be an absolute delight, though. (laughs) Uh, Like, he's just just living his best life i'm very happy his bulldog i love his bulldog yeah he posts these instagram stories of like driving down the one with his bulldog in the backseat of his convertible and it's just it's good it's good it's adorable oh to be that bulldog yeah right (laughs) yeah um so that's the warriors that's where they are um probably improved still some question marks we'll just have to see what the fall looks like i think yeah yeah, I mean, it will be interesting to see what the fall looks like in terms of sports. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. I should say in terms of indoor sports mm-hmm. um, and COVID. I mean, mm-hmm. it, the the NFL recently came out and said, "What? It, it, there's there's a nuance here that I, I hope I'm getting right. It's not you have to get vaccinated, but if you get sick and you get a teammate sick and you're unvaccinated, you're going to get fined. So like, Interesting. if you want to take that risk, it's, it's something, it's some, something along there. So they're not, they're yeah. not mandating vaccines, but mm-hmm. they're saying if you are the cause of somebody getting sick, mm-hmm. then you're going to get fined. 
Hmm. Um, the NHL, in true NHL fashion, has issued like an extremely milk toast statement that's like, <laughs> prepare for penalties. but we don't know what those penalties are um but in certain cities like in new york city Mm -hmm. you have to provide proof of vaccination to go into buildings like madison square garden so the nhl doesn't have to enforce shit because the city of new york is saying that if you work in this building or you go into this building for fun and games you must provide proof of vaccination Mm mm-hmm um, I suspect we'll see the same thing in California. Wouldn't well, surprise perhaps, d- depending on what happens with the governor's race, I guess. Um, <laughs> yeah, we're not, I'm sorry. Um, but like, that's, that's going to be interesting. Um, I think Canada is going to be on top of this also. So mm-hmm. even if Canada is the only, you know, country that mandates vaccines in all of their buildings, it's still going to mean that American players have to get get vaccinated. Players whose teams are in America have Mm -hmm. to get vaccinated before they can go play in those arenas. Right. Which, you know what? I love that loophole. Love it. (laughs) Fine. You don't want to mandate vaccines for your teams. Like, I don't know why you... Um, But (laughs) use this loophole. I love it. Um... So it it is. I think it. I think we are going to see some interesting stuff happen this mm-hmm. season with fans back in the stands. And I'll I'll admit, I have I have bought my uh, flex pack to the Capitals games. So mm-hmm. I have five games purchased this season. I'm ready to go. I am <laughs> confident. I'm going to be anxious as shit when I go into that building, uh-huh. because as of right now, DC arenas do not require proof of vaccination. I mean, I am vaccinated, but they don't require right. proof of vaccination. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'll wear my, I'll double up on the masks. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm, I'm excited. I have missed live sports. Yeah. But, I, yeah. but you know, it's kind of like what we talked about with the Olympics. Like we're super excited about the Olympics or we were, we're mm-hmm. very excited about the winter Olympics, but we also would support it if they didn't happen. Like yep. if yep. the, if the Capital One Arena decides they're not allowing fans in, Fine. I'm not, I'm yeah. not going to fight it because I get it. That's probably the right decision. Yeah. 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 Well, anyway, we'll, uh, we'll certainly keep an eye on that. Um, and I'll let you guys know if it looks like we're going to come out to, uh, San Jose for a game because oh, yes. nice. it's on the schedule. It's on Is our it? little calendar of games. Yeah. But it's not amazing. till, it's not till the spring. So cross yeah, your sure, fingers. Let's hope we get time. <laughs> yeah. Yep. So things like calm down. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. That'd be terrific. Yeah, be so good. I know. I mean, it was supposed to happen. I know. A month, a month after <laughs> the U.S. shut everything down. Yeah. Not yeah. even. It was like two weeks because yeah. it was like April fourth or something. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. think you're right. Yep. Anyway, that was ten years ago, right? Yes, at least. At least. Yeah. Well, on that note, <laughs> <laughs> go sports. Go sports, yes. Uh, well, thank you, thank you, everyone, for joining us. Um, as always, if you have comments, questions, concerns, constructive feedback, heckling, whatever it is, Nancy's email address. No. Uh, <laughs> our email address is foulpuckpodcast at gmail.com. We're also on Instagram at foulpuckpodcast and at Twitter at foulpuckpod. 
I would like to thank uh, Joe for doing our editing and Yay. Kevin McLeod at Incompetech.com for our music. And I would like to encourage everybody to go and leave a nice rating, preferably a five-star rating, and a review on the podcast listening app of your choice. I would also say, if you haven't had a chance to get through all of our Olympic episodes, they're really fun. Um, I know we just posted our very last one recently, but even if the Olympics are over, you can still, I think, learn some interesting stuff uh, from Mm. checking them out. And the Olympics... Uh, the sports are actually still up for viewing, so you could always listen to the pod and then go watch the thing, even if it's already happened. So that's my encouragement. It was yeah. a good time. We had a really yeah. good time. And I want to shout out Joe for editing like six million episodes real yes. fast. Thank so you. <laughs> thank you for that. <laughs> and in related news, we're going to start recording <laughs> our Winter Olympics primers tomorrow. Yeah. So if you have requests, yeah. send them in. Yes. <laughs> Um, Well, thanks again for listening, and we will catch you next time. And for all of my co-hosts, I am Rebecca, and we will see you again. Bye.